Hey fellow romance readers, I'm Amy. And I'm Sarah, and this is Post Book Depression. You know that feeling you get when you finish a good book that you didn't want to end? Have you finished a book and just weren't ready to move on from the story and its beloved characters? You find yourself needing just a little more? Well, this multi-trope romance podcast gives you the opportunity to dig deeper with us into books we love as we discuss all the reasons we can't move on. Feeling chatty? You can continue the conversation with us on Instagram at Post Book Depression Podcast or on Facebook in our Post Book Depression discussion group. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and take a brief moment to leave a review. Are you ready? Let's discuss. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Amy. And I'm Sarah. And today we're going to be discussing Whispers of You by Katherine Cowles. The first few minutes, we're going to do a brief review of the story without any spoilers. Then we are going to shift into a deeper book discussion, which is going to include plenty of spoilers. But don't worry, we're going to let you know before we do shift into that deeper discussion. Okay, so before we shift into that, Amy's going to give us a brief summary of Whispers of You. When a teenage girl named Wren is involved in a tragedy that leaves her on a road to recovery, the love of her life, a guy named Holt, feels responsible and moves away. Ten years later, he returns to his small hometown to try and make amends for the hardship he caused in Wren's life by walking away. This is a heartfelt second chance romance with strong family dynamics and an element of suspense woven throughout. Sarah, what did you think of Whispers of You? Okay, I loved this story because, oh, how do I say it? How do you put it into words? I, I loved there was a little bit of mystery to it. I loved the kind of second chance romance behind this. I loved these characters and what they kind of go through and the healing that takes place after some time of separation. <laughs> I don't want to say too much. It was just a really interesting story. I haven't read one like this before with um, the scenario that they kind of face. Mm-hmm. So I really loved that mystery aspect. I love any story that's going to have a very strong family dynamics. And for me, this was like golden. I love that it was all throughout the story. You could just, just the strong bond that these, this group of, this family, these group of people had with one another. It was a really beautiful story. It was very moving. I enjoyed it. What did you think? So it's no secret on this podcast that we love a good second chance romance. Oh, for sure. But I do, so I do have to mention that. And I really liked her writing style of this. I always love a good dual point of view, Mm -hmm. uh, storytelling type. And I found the characters to be very likable. I Mm -hmm. love the family dynamics that you talked about there. I really felt like it was a heartfelt and genuine story. I agree. Let's shift into our ratings, angst. Okay, this was a three for me. And I kind of wondered if I could go a little bit higher with this one because there is some some stuff that kind of goes throughout, but I didn't feel as overwhelmed as I could have. Okay. And I won't say any more than that until we get into the deeper discussion because there's something that was not happening that helped bring that rating down for okay. me. So you go ahead. What's yours? So, so I was a little under you. I gave two and a half. This was definitely on the drama side of things. Mm-hmm. And there were some character choices that definitely lent to my rating. Mm-hmm. And I will 
like you get into that more in the deeper discussion that we do. I felt like some of the scenes that were angsty were a little predictable to me. So I think that okay. lessened the angst for me, sure. but it didn't make me like the story any less. I still really loved the story mm-hmm. and I, I didn't mind the angst level being brought down because of yeah. that. So that's funny. Cause you, you could bring it down and I'm like, let's bump it up a little bit. <laughs> Two different perspectives. I know. All right. Humor. Okay. Humor. This was just a 1.25 for me. There's not a ton. I didn't feel mm-hmm. like, but there are some moments, there's some characters that make me laugh. One character in particular, he makes me laugh frequently. <laughs> Anytime he comes in, you know that there's going to be a chuckle. So I appreciated his comedic relief that he brings. And I want a story about him. So, uh, yeah. I did one out of five. There weren't any laugh out loud moments for me. There were a what? few. Th- I know, I know. There were some chuckling things sprinkled throughout. But for me, it was more angst drama driven. Than humor. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Spiciness. Okay. Spice. This was a... Oh, I kind of feel like this might be high. I gave it a 2.5. Okay. I was a little under you. Okay. Then I... I made it too high. <laughs> um, and there was just... Yeah. There it's was some interesting. good moments. I want to know what you mean. I don't know. I guess the scenes... I don't know. Because <laughs> I gave it two out of five. I felt like there weren't a ton of scenes no. in there. And the ones that were there were not very descriptive. They're pretty mild. And they were sweet. So I'm, I'm shocked that you rated higher. Did, what is wrong with me? Hold on. I'm confusing this with another story. I'm going to lower it to a two. I think that's Right fair. here, right now. It's a two. I do that. Guys, I, I like She's to, known for changing her rating. I'm always changing my rating. You never know what's going to come out. So, okay. It's a two. Okay. Let's, that's final answer. Let's shift to tears. Hang on. Okay. Tears. Now, see... I feel like I should up this. It's a 1.25. Okay. Maybe I flipped my spice in my tears. I did 1.5. Tell me why you did 1.25. Okay. Well, now I want to do 1.5. No, you stick stick with one. Okay. 1.25. I I felt like what the main character, the female lead, endures was very heartbreaking. It was very sad. What some of the community, the members in the community endure, very heartbreaking. But... I didn't feel like there is an element, again, I'm not going to share here, that was not, it wasn't as heightened as it could have been. So mm-hmm. it lessened my emotions. I can't wait that. to hear more about that. I can't elaborate. That's, That's so okay. like. That's a teaser. Yeah. <laughs> so I did 1.5. I didn't cry in this story at all. I did feel saddened at times mm. for some of the situations that you alluded to that the characters had to, and the community had to go through, but I didn't cry or even have the urge to cry. Wow. But uh, yeah, it was. I'm surprised. <laughs> no, you're not. I know. <laughs> you shouldn't be. Overall. Okay. Overall, this was a 4.25 for me. Me it too. Was, oh, yay. See, we, <laughs> we have it together on that. We match. Yay. Um, it was a, overall, it was such a good story. I really enjoyed it. I love, love, love the family dynamic. That's really kind of what too. sold it for me. And I just love the love story. Mm-hmm. I love a, sec- a second chance romance. And I felt like this one was not a scenario that I had read before. Mm-hmm. And I hope that I wouldn't because it's sad. But <laughs> but um, I just, I don't know. I really liked it. I so. like the suspense components to I that. Too. I love it when romance authors will add that component mm-hmm. into a story. Like you, I love the family dynamics. I love when there's a strong sibling Mm-hmm. connection and this story has it in spades there's lots of siblings in this story the family dynamics are just exquisite in the story and I'm not one to really like 
standalone series that follow friends or family members. But I think, <laughs> I think that the rest of these standalones that she's going to put out are going to be good. And I would definitely be interested to hear more from this author. What? <laughs> Did you hear that, Catherine? <laughs> you changed Amy's whole perspective. For this one, for this one story. <laughs> oh, we're going to get her. We're going to get her. She's going to start following every character just like me. All right. That concludes our spoiler-free quick review of this story. Now we're going to shift into that deeper book discussion, which is going to include lots of spoilers. If you haven't read this story, go check it out. Come back listen to our podcast let us know what you think about the story on social you can find us on instagram post book depression podcast on facebook at post book depression podcast discussion group and you can always email us at postbookdepressionpodcast at gmail.com This was a compelling story. Let's dig into the details. It kicks off in the opening with this horrific event. Rin is waiting on Holt to show up at her house. She's made him his favorite chicken dinner, and it kind of sets the mood for a romantic night. She warns him not to be late. Lo and behold, he is definitely late, and this night of horror for her really starts to unfold. Let's kick it off with that. Okay, so this was very interesting the way they chose to write this shooting because it's essentially kind of equivalent to a school shooting. It is. It's, mm-hmm. it, I mean, we're just going to be, I want to be delicate in saying that, but it's, I mean, there's multiple people targeted. So, and we know that because when Ren she realizes that there's an intruder coming. It's two guys that she sees and she knows they're no good. They're always causing problems and stuff. And so she goes and she calls 911 and she has to hide under her bathroom cabinet. Now, when she is on the phone with Abel and he's kind of talking her through, I mean, we know at that point they're happening. Multiple houses have been hit at this time. And I was just so afraid for her. Now, in this scene, when the guys finally come up and they find her, I didn't really know what direction it was going to take because, you know, they're kind of making it like they're going to take her with them. Yes. But she kept hearing somebody. So I thought the whole time Holt was going to come up the stairs. That's what I had in my head. Is Me that too. who you thought it was? I d- well, I didn't think it was Holt, but I thought Holt was going to walk in in the middle of it. I Like you, I wasn't really sure which direction it was going to take. But because of the third person, the reason I didn't think it was Holt is because she thinks in her mind that the voice sounds familiar to her, but she can't place it. And if it had been Holt, I feel like it would have been a more definitive sense of, oh, Holt is here. Right. Well, when the voice, she thought not thinking it was Holt. And I wasn't thinking that that third person was Holt, but before they speak. Oh, I see. When she heard him coming up the stairs and then... When she, the like, lights out kind of, you know, she goes unconscious. I, for a split second, was thinking, does she die? <laughs> because <laughs> I went into this blind. And so I couldn't think of, well, hmm, how, how are we going to love somebody else that's not her? <laughs> My mind did not go there. <laughs> oh, it did for me. So it was just kind of, the opening scene was just so tragic. It was. And then when it time jumps, Amy, oh, girl. <laughs> Ten years, your favorite, woo! And he's not there with her. The whole time. I was livid. I bet you were. I mm. thought of you and I thought, oh, Sarah's gonna die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this author, she don't know me now, but she does. <laughs> she, this author, she don't know me, but she does now. I do not like time jumps. And when you take somebody who's supposed to be in love, away for 10 years, especially after what she had endured. I could not believe that. So let's just 
dig into that. Let's <laughs> dig into Holt's reason for leaving. And I want to kick it off by saying this is what I talked about in the quick review about the angst. One of the things that the character's choices that drove me to increase my rating. Now, I want to say this. There are two tropes in romances that really increase the angst for me. One is a character that's on a path of self-destruction, mm-hmm. which is not this story. The second is when the hero finds themselves unworthy and they run from yeah. the situation. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Oh, girl. And then you throw in a decade. And you throw in a decade. That Sarah really, is livid. <laughs> it really elevated the angst so much for me. Let's talk about he felt unworthy of her. Mm-hmm. He felt responsible because he was late. So he, in his mind, is holding all of the blame for a situation that literally had nothing to do with those things. I can understand where he would maybe have those feelings and thoughts of, this is all my fault, I was running late, whatever him and his brother Nash were doing, Nash was distracting him or whatever, and him not being there for her. But I love the point that when it comes down to they have the discussion, that she points out, if you had been there, they would have shot you too. That's true. But in his mind... Because he wants to protect her. He wants to fix things. He wants to keep her safe. He doesn't think that. He doesn't think that he would have been shot. He just thinks that the situation could have gone completely different. Where she's thinking, if you had been there, we both could have died. Yeah. And let's just be honest. They probably would have. Because yeah. there was... there. They was, were both targets. They were both targets. And we know that there's more than just the two guys that come in. We'll get into that in a little bit. But I agree with you. that My angst rating was 100% the fact that he left for as long as he did. Yes. And, 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 and the mystery. And by leaving her with just a letter. Okay. Like you love her so much that you're going to just be like, see you later. Lifelong love. Lifelong love. And you're just going to write a little see you letter. But here's one. This is what frustrated me too. For somebody who loves someone so much and they want nothing but the best and to protect them, how are you supposed to do that when you're not there? Yes. Like if he really ultimately felt responsible for mm -hmm. her life, how is he taking care of her and helping her from afar? Exactly. And shutting her out of his life. Exactly. That is a frustration for me and it is a very angsty trope that Mm -hmm. just really elevates. I know. I felt my blood pressure just increase. Just talking about it. <laughs> We're getting worked up here. All right. Okay. Let's shift. Let's shift. So so he's been away for 10 years. Ultimately, he wants to come back and try and make amends. He's lived with his guilt for 10 years and he's ready to come back and face the family, face him mm-hmm. and face his misgivings and try and make amends. But it's not until his father has a heart attack. That is true. Yes. Which we'll talk about a little bit more yes. as we get in. But yes, you make a good point for bringing up the fact that it takes a tragedy in his his family for him to come back. Right. Speaking of his family, let's shift over into the Hartley family dynamics, which you and I love so, so much. Amy, I am so in love with this family. This is what I want. When I think, I just, I love these books where there are siblings who, even though they have differences or whatever, I mean, you know, they're all, they all seem very close Mm -hmm. and even though he has been away, they're not harboring any kind of resentment towards him. And even Rowan, the brother who's kind of an introvert, he's to himself, but they still love him mm-hmm. and he's still a part of the family. I just want this and I want <laughs> to know people that have this, that have this kind of support and connection and bond. It 
just sunk its teeth into me. And I just was so thankful that when he left, his family never left her. If anything, it increased her bond with them because her parents were flighty. Couldn't even understand that. Yeah. That was, I anyway, we're not going to address them. But Ren, she has this incredible relationship. His sister is her very best friend. And I loved that too. I did too. Is this called the forced family trope? When the heroine is forced into a family dynamic and they essentially become her family too. I is think it? that's I think so. Okay. I, I don't I've never heard that. I think that's a trope and so this story I feel like would fall in that and I love it. Yeah. Because it just makes me love their family even more. Like you mentioned that they just kind of take her yes. under their wing, adopt her as their own mm-hmm. and incorporate her into their family. Yes. And I love that they're just so close and, and they kinda know don't talk about Holt. I was gonna say I did find it surprising that for ten years she doesn't know a whole lot about Holt and that they have made this you know, understanding that they aren't going to talk about him as close as she is to the family. That was one thing that I found a little bit unbelievable that she wouldn't know more about Holt. Mm -hmm. But I get it. If she's harboring these feelings, she wouldn't want to talk about him. Right. Well, and I feel like they, they saw how deeply hurt she was Mm -hmm. by him walking away. And so I did find it interesting because he does come home for holidays. It's not like he doesn't visit. He just doesn't stay long. And she's by herself. And she's by her, well... Up until her grandma. That's Because true. she was living with her grandma until her grandma passed. But then I kind of wondered, well, what did you do the last few years that your grandma wasn't alive? Yeah, what did you do for the holidays? Just alone? Like, they don't invite you over because Holt's going to be there? I know. Maybe <laughs> she celebrated with Chris and Jude. Maybe so. So that was another friendship dynamic that really kind of filled in the gaps for when Holt walks away. You had Chris, Jude, and Holt who were best friends growing up. And Chris and Jude kind of took Rin took care of her in the absence as well. So she had not only his family, mm-hmm. but his best friend family. Yeah. Really kind of picking up those broken pieces. She really had an incredible support system. I think so and too. And I'm I'm thankful for that, you know, that she wasn't all alone, especially because it was three months after she had been shot mm-hmm. and had open heart surgery. I mean, it was extensive <laughs> recovery. Yeah. You know? And so. not only that, she... You know, she becomes the new dispatcher for the station, and so she had that community around her as Mm -hmm. well. Did you find it surprising that she took that job after the trauma that she endured? I did. And, you know, at one point in the story, he talks about how remarkable she is because she didn't allow what had happened to her to really kind of take a hold of her whole life. It didn't hold her back. It didn't lessen the brightness of her light kind of thing, you know. She continued to, she allowed what happened to her to impact her in a way that she wanted to be for someone else what Abel was to her. Yeah. And she wanted to be that voice on the other end of the line. I So I was shocked, especially because she has triggers. Mm -hmm. She gets a few phone calls, so... We're on the 10th anniversary. Yeah. And, and I, I, can I say how much I agree that when she says, why do they call it an anniversary? Yes, I had the same thought. And it made me think, we really should stop. We should stop referring to horrific things that happen in our lives and, and in our world as an anniversary because she talks about how it's a time for celebration and something good. Yeah, the word anniversary, that's what it means. Right. And so it's the 10-year mark of when this event had taken place and they're starting to get phone calls at the dispatch of somebody trying to get into their house. One that I did think was funny was when it was a bear. One of the ladies (laughs) in the community is feeding a bear and I just thought, well, that's not smart. (laughs) Oh my goodness, who does that, you know? 
So that, that was, was funny. To that me was too. comical to me, but it was not comical. Was that she was being triggered, and it was emotional, and she's very trying to stay focused, trying to stay grounded in her job and what she's doing. But um, yes, it did surprise me. But then when you kind of see her character throughout, it didn't. Yeah, it's not as surprising once you kind of learn the dynamics and what she's... How Rin is. Yeah. We know that Holt has come back to try and make amends with being gone. And one of the things that he struggles with is his relationship with his dad. His dad is angry at not knowing his son because he left... But here, Rin has a relationship with his family. And so I love that she encourages his dad. When they have this first dinner at the house, when everybody's all together, she doesn't know Holt's going to be there. She has this moment of panic. And she witnesses just how tense things are in the house with Holt back. And they're all also on edge thinking he's not going to stay long because mm-hmm. he's got this pattern of behavior where he will just come in for a couple of days and leave and not come back. So they're all just kind of waiting on pins and needles for Holt to head back out. Mm-hmm. And I love that she encourages his dad to try and repair that relationship. I know. I did too. I love when she she sees it and I think the dad's name is Nathan and she says, take around with me or something like that. <laughs> and they... And then... Was it Nash? Nash? I love Nash Bash. He's the he's the comedic relief for me I throughout figured. this. Yeah, I love him so much. I want to read his story. And so whenever he says, uh, I just offered. <laughs> it was so funny. But, you know, she has that heart to heart with him of, you know, he's here. But we also see the glimpse of how his dad is feeling of, I'm afraid he's going to leave and I just want to know my son. Mm-hmm. So I like that she we had that moment to understand why his dad is behaving the way that he is. Yeah, me too. And then, of course, the struggles. He's having to stay in a hotel. And ultimately, he asks, you know, some things transpire and he asks to stay in Rin's house. And so it really starts to force, give them that forced proximity yeah. where they have to deal with their feelings for one another. So let's spend a few minutes just talking about the stress of his return and their time together and just that there is a bit of sexual tension there, some emotional tension for sure. There is. Well, we we need to back up just a little bit. Can we address the character first before we jump into that? Let's do it. Okay, so let's talk about Joe Sullivan. Let's do. Let's talk about Joe. Okay, and there's a reason because we're going to go back to him staying at her house. So Joe Sullivan is the younger brother of, is, is it Randy? I think it's Randy. It's Randy. And Randy was the one who shot her. And people around town are horrible to this young man. He has to live in the shadow of his brother. And, and people are just not good to him. This is one of the things I love about Ren. She is so kind to him. She's so kind. I love that she extends that kindness to him. But I do too. And, and just because... He is his own person and he shouldn't be blamed for his brother's actions and stuff. So what kind of transpires is that she has a moment at her house. She's out. She lives out where nobody's close. Nobody's even within a mile of her. And she's taking her dog out and there's footprints. Yes. And at this point, people in town, it's already been speculated that they've had some people having their homes try to be broken into and stuff like that. And... She has to call while Lawson is Holt's older brother. They come out. And that's when Holt is kind of, I'm staying kind of <laughs> yes. thing. So he kind of really does force the proximity for he them. Does. And she's not feeling it. But when he stays, this is one of the things that I was kind of alluding to in the intro is we jump right back into, we know he's so 
madly in love with her still. She's madly in love with him, but they're both scared. Yes. And the angst for me went way down because they did not fight their attraction and their connection throughout this whole story. I agree. There's these little moments where they're nervous about certain things happening. She's terrified that he's going to leave again. He's terrified that he's not enough for her and enough to protect her. But it wasn't this overwhelming, they're not going to figure it out. Yes. So if that had been written differently, (laughs) my angst would have been a five (laughs) instead of a three. Yeah. And I appreciated that. The tension in the house is delicious. (laughs) It really is. It's so good. And yeah, I'll let you take it away. Well, I love, I love those scenes. I, I really like forced proximity Mm -hmm. stories and it just really, it builds the reward. Yes. You know, you're, you're thinking about what's to come. And so when there finally is the reconciliation, when they finally do connect and, and, and have those moments, it just is so rewarding. And so I loved the anticipation mm-hmm. that it brought having him staying in the house with her. And we know that ultimately it's his stay there is prolonged. It's not just the one night. Right. At first it's the one night, but then he comes back and stays for a longer period of time as her protector. Yes. We just have all kinds of tropes thrown into this story. I know. And they're like the best ones. I know, they are. <laughs> I want to make mention of one thing, that night that he is there... He has a bag of watches. Yes. So I found this to be very profound, the impact that her shooting had on him, or her being shot. The shooting that has taken place in the town, but her specifically being shot. We know in the beginning, Holt really struggles. He's always late. It's kind of a thing that she thinks in our inner dialogue about him always running late. And when he has these bag of watches that he's fixing and repairing, you see, and Sarah, like at one point when he's driving and he sees his watch and his dash are not the same, it really, this is where I understood why he had to leave. Does that make sense? You're blowing my mind right now because until you literally just said those words, I did not put that connection together. You didn't put his the connection? obsession with watches and being late? No. I can't <laughs> believe I missed that. Oh my gosh, Sarah, you're blowing my mind right now in the best way. Okay, well, Carry yay. On. Carry on. <laughs> I just found it very, this is, in that moment for me, I wasn't so angry with him for walking away. Also, it is mentioned by his brothers, by his dad, you were 18. Yeah. And he walks in to her, she's like dying. Yeah. You know, and he knows, Very what, traumatic. he knows what to do. He does search and rescue with his dad. I love that aspect, too, that too. all the brothers were trained in that. Their dad does that. Oh, I love that. That was so good. But, you know, how would you feel at 18? You're literally keeping your girlfriend alive. Mm-hmm. There's blood everywhere. I can imagine the trauma late. would just be overwhelming forever in his mind. Yeah. And so his obsession with time and clocks and everything, I just... I found that very interesting. And for me in that moment, it really kind of, I forgave him for walking away because he was so young and he was so scared and it just did something internally to him. I love that you made that connection for me. It really shifts my perspective on this story a lot. Just that, that part of the storyline. Well, yay. So (laughs) I I love that we have these discussions. That's, that's a fun element to it. We've talked about the fact that there are some more shooting scenes taking place around the community. There's the survivors are being targeted 
that you know, had lived through the first incident 10 years ago. People are suspecting Joe Sullivan. He was the obvious choice for me. I knew it was not going to be him. Even when he showed up to watch her that night and was shooting at Holt, I knew he was going to be innocent. But I did find Amber's behavior to be very alarming. I suspected her involvement. I didn't know to what extreme, but just her erratic behavior around her. I found it interesting that her brother was a victim. So in my mind, I'm questioning, okay, even if she is involved, it's weird because she's been impacted by this. Mm -hmm. So how is she involved? Let's talk about Amber. Okay. I did not expect her to be involved. Now there is a character and I'm going to tell you later who I literally from the very beginning thought was going to be the third shooter. Okay. But I'm not going to share it yet. Okay. And I was Disappointed I'm on the edge of my seat. I was disappointed and I was happy that I was wrong. Okay. So Amber, her behavior, she she had a lot of just, I don't know. It was one of those things where I loved Lawson when he's telling her, you know, you've got to take some time because you're starting to fixate on things. And if you're so fixated on this one person, you're not looking at the bigger picture. You're going to miss the mark. Yeah. But I did not see her being involved until the very end. There is a point at one point she thinks that she's remembering the voice that says we need them both. And she couldn't determine if it was a male or female. Mm -hmm. And so when there is this moment, Amber looks at her and there's rage or I I forget the the word she used to describe but it's like anger it's like a blaze in her eyes she's just yes so angry and I thought okay that that was the moment for me a bit intense and then she gets dismissed Mm -hmm. by Lawson and Ren has to step out back and she's immediately attacked yeah I thought that that was too coincidental Mm. I suspected her. It was a little bit before that scene when, because in the initial part when she was just very uncomfortable around Ren and making mad eyes and just kind of being angry, I didn't suspect her at that time. It was a little bit further when we shifted into the story and her behavior became elevated. Hmm. That's interesting. You mentioned the scene where she gets attacked behind the police station. So this really escalates Holt's desire to keep her under protection and make sure that she has people around her up the security footage at her home. And when he he decides he's going to make some rounds around the house and sees someone in the distance. So he decides, watching the house, so he decides that he's going to backtrack around and surprise this person who's watching the house, which turns out to be Joe Sullivan on the camera. Joe, getting caught off guard, starts to shoot at Holt. And what eventually transpires is they bring him into custody. They they catch him and they hold him into custody. And they do some tests on the guns. The, the shotgun the that was, shotgun that was used. There was one. Yeah. So basically they're setting him up to be the person of the interest. Shooter, yeah. yeah. So Joe is in custody and they're feeling the sense of relief. They mm-hmm. feel like they can just live their life because the person who was the third shooter and is responsible for all of these survivors being targeted again is now in custody mm-hmm. and they become a little bit lax in that. They get a search and rescue call. Did you feel like this was going to be a distraction? Yes. A one, 100%. I, I thought it was. And I also I also kind of feel like Ren did too because it never felt right to her. Mm-hmm. And she asked the question, is he speaking to anybody? Has he said anything? Because Vryn, I think she knew in her gut, it's not Joe, mm-hmm. but she didn't have anything else. They, I mean, they find a shotgun that is connected to the shootings with some of the other survivors. And so I knew instantly 
I mean, it was yeah. kind of, it's one of those things, you know, yeah. like it's not going to be wrapped up. I mean, what were we, 70, 80% in yeah. the story? So, yeah, I knew it wasn't going to be Joe, and I knew that the search and rescue call was not going to. Um, I was surprised in the moment when she goes to the door thinking that it's going to be Holt's sister and it's Amber. That part, I was surprised that she showed up at the door and is the one that takes her into into captivity. I don't really feel like I was that surprised. Okay. I was surprised by her attack. Right. That's uh, what I mean. Oh, okay. Uh, but I wasn't, I, yeah, I just knew that at that point Amber was up to no good, but yes. I didn't know to what extent. So when she like just hits her in the face, <laughs> I thought, well, that seemed a little like, called for. I mean, yes, that would, I, that's what gosh. I was surprised about. Okay. I thought, yeah. Okay. And then she wakes up in this barn, and lo and behold, the biggest surprise for me was that it was Jude. Okay. Had, okay. Who did you think it was? Because I... The entire time, I thought it was Chris. Okay, me too. Oh, did you really? Yes. I Not wanted the entire to time, you. but I would say two-thirds of the story. The majority. The fact that he liked her, mm-hmm. and which I also thought that there could have been a whole lot more to that, but he was so angry. There were certain things, and... Amy, not in my wildest dreams did I see it being Jude. Same. And then I was mad because <laughs> wasn't there just a little bit of a snippet that he talks about Jude's home life just briefly mm-hmm. about his parents, mm-hmm. like, uh, like a few words yes. in the beginning. And I thought, oh, Sarah, you should have <laughs> known. I was so annoyed with myself. But I wanted to text you through the whole thing because I thought, it's Chris. It's Chris. He's involved. Hello. I Hello. thought it was Chris too. It's Chris. And when it said Jude, mind blown. Because like he genuinely. No other. He genuinely, like his care for her in the time that we see them together. It, incredible. It was, felt very genuine to me. Well, and then she was brilliant in the way she wrote this because when her window is shot out, Jude is the one that comes and they said, where is Chris? And Chris isn't there. And I was like, because Chris was the one out there shooting <laughs> places up, you know, windows busting. I mean, Amy, I've never, I was so annoyed that I did not get this. <laughs> but I loved it at the same time because I did not see it coming. And see, this is where when those times where I like to flip to the end of the book would have spoiled this major. <laughs> so I'm glad that I didn't. I'm glad you didn't either. I was pleasantly surprised that this twist caught me off guard because I did not see Jude's involvement coming. And also, I was extremely surprised that he was the reason for Holt's dad's heart attack. Okay, that was my other mind blown, that he initiated that. And first of all, terrifying. Yes. And she said he could have died. He's like, ah, collateral damage. Like his personality shifted a complete 180. It terrified me. Yes. It absolutely terrified me because all you're thinking as a person is who do I know that's not well? (laughs) Who do I know that could potentially be, you know, like this? When personalities can flip like this, it, and then he killed Amber. Yeah. And I didn't, I guess I kind of missed that part because I thought, I thought he just knocked her out. I did too. Mm Mm-hmm. So when she's dead, Mm -hmm. I was kind of, I I don't know. I I just, but this is, I want to go back to how incredible Ren is. That girl fights. Yes, she oh, does. Oh, she fights. And then I love the family dynamic again because those brothers are like on it. They're going. And then we have the other part of the brother, Rowan, that he is so livid. 
because they questioned him. Yeah, they thought when he was a person it, of she, interest. Yeah, when she thought there was a third shooter, his brother, and she denied. She was like, there's no way, there's no way. So when he takes off and comes up the back, uh, in that scene, and it's and it was his, his, yeah, his, his shot that gets Jude down, it was the best. Not the best. That's a bad way to phrase that, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, people, everybody calm down. No, I just... I loved all the surprises that this author was able to write in and that you did not see coming because I genuinely did not see this twist in the story. I didn't either. And I did not see when he's describing all of how he was feeling and how she was taking the place and all this stuff. And when Holt finds that out, Holt feels guilty. He He, does. he tells his dad, he's like, I was a bad friend. Like I brought this person scene... into our lives and I this is all my fault. There was a point in the scene where he's talking to her about basically where Jude is laying out why he's doing all of this. And I was confused about Randy and Paul's role in this and the victims that they had um, shot Mm -hmm. and why, you know, why those people were involved because those were Randy and Paul's victims and not Jude's victims. And I was confused by that. But he does come back and clarify that he manipulated them just like he manipulated Amber to get basically the ultimate goal of what he wanted, which was Holt and Rin. And the fact that he could have gotten away with it because Holt was going to come and he was going to kill everybody and it was everybody was going to die in a shootout. And when Holt calls Chris to see where Chris is at because he wants to make sure he's not getting ambushed, not knowing that it's Amber, I just, I thought that, wow, that was really, really brilliant the way Mm -hmm. he orchestrated all of this because he's out on a run yeah he's he's picking up supplies he's on a supply run he being jude yeah Yeah, he being jude it was just really it was so well done because i did (laughs) not see it i was very happy that i did not catch on because i thought i have this so figured out I, I love the twists and turns of this story. Oh, um, for sure. It was really uh, an emotional, enjoyable ride, just having all of those surprises. So after they get Jude, because, you know, the brothers, they all come in and they just, they <laughs> have it locked down and Rowan takes them out. Rin collapses and like her lung collapses. Oh, uh, when she said can't breathe. That was stressful. It was so stressful. And that whole had to be back in that hospital again and all the things. But... I was very concerned for them during their recovery. I was hurting for her because Holt was starting to demonstrate that those behaviors that he was doing when she was in rehab, mm-hmm. where he was shutting down and just kind of doing things that needed to be. I love that she addressed them, though. She didn't yeah. let them linger in the air. Like you mentioned earlier, she was good about communicating what she was feeling and not just letting all of that build up and build up and build up. Well, I mean, she communicated it to his sister first. So, and well, yes. I love the sister when she walks out and says, talk to her. Yes. And then they ultimately And then do. they ultimately do. But it just goes to show that they were just both kind of fighting that insecurity of she was afraid he was going to leave. And the whole thing, though, that I did find interesting is once he had seen her, he just made this decision, I'm staying. And he realized he had a lot of work to do. To make sure that she understood he was in it for the long haul forever. I did think it was funny. I can't remember his friend's name. But when they're driving back and he says, oh, I'm going to live with her. He's like, um, you don't make decisions like this without their consent. So, he shows up with a uh, truck full of yeah, all his which, home belongings. I did kind of wonder, did he not 
realize that she had unpacked his bag at that point. He must not have. He must not have. So I just found that interesting. I have a nickname alert. Oh, okay. Cricket. So love good. Cricket and the fact that all of the officers call her Little Williams. I love that So too. she has two nicknames. So mm-hmm. that's my nickname alert. Love I it. Know. I love Cricket though. And the fact that when he comes back after all that time, when he tries to call her Cricket, mm-hmm. it really transitions from when he's first there and she's like, you don't get to call me that. Mm-hmm. And then when she finally allows him to continue his nickname. I know. loved that. So then they get there happily ever after. So good. He moves in with her. He buys the land. And on they have their little picnic meal together. I want to say there was another surprise. When he takes her up to that land, I for a split second thought he had owned that land that whole time. Did you? Yeah. I love that you thought that. And I was disappointed that it wasn't written that way. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. Because, you know, he kept tabs on her. Mm-hmm. And so I just had in my mind, he has had that land for a decade. It was meant to be. <laughs> All these things. Awesome. Yeah. So, and then I thought, well, okay, that's probably more realistic. Fine. <laughs> Whatever. I love her love for little women. Yes. And I love when they're having that moment. They're going over their blueprints and stuff, and she points out that they're going to have a nursery. Yes. And I love how excited he was, and then how he's like, well, you kind of stole my thunder, you know, because he gives her a book. But then in the book, he's proposing to her. It was so special. Ring. Oh, it was just, it was I love so... that it tied, like, all their loves together. The, her, the, that edition of the book and it being Little Women mm-hmm. and then putting the ring inside. It was very special. I know. It was just really, uh, the story was so good. The mystery, the suspense, the fact that we were both surprised yes. was just, more than and once. I know, and that we thought it was the same person. It wasn't. It just <laughs> makes me so happy. So with this story, I did have a song that I connected to with it. Okay, And let's it hear. is You Are the Reason by Callum Harris and Leona Lewis. So if you have not heard that song, definitely check it out. There's some lines in there that um, she sings that you're the reason I'm still breathing. And I just picture that moment where he saves her life in the beginning. So... It was just my song choice for this That's story. a great selection. Oh, thanks. I like it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on this episode of Whispers of You. We hope you enjoyed it and want to continue the discussion with us. We would love to hear from you. What were your favorite parts of the story? Were you surprised like we were? Did you know? <laughs> Did you figure it out? Let us know. Hit us up on Instagram at Postbook Depression or on Facebook in our Postbook Depression discussion group. You can also email us at Postbook Depression podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, keep reading.